Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, uh, which is a kind of funny and at the same time a little bit troubling but interesting episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all at the same time. Uh, do you have stats for us? I do. This episode was written by Marty Noxon and directed by James A. Contner. There's an N right before the T and an N right after the T. Contner. Contner. And hmm. so I have a little bit of... That's hard to say in American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said American Connor. and not English on purpose. Connor. 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 Uh, yeah. it, it originally aired February 10th, 1998. So, Amy's back, Amy the Witch, and it occurs to me that in Amy's first episode, she was a pretty sympathetic character, and she's never, ever, ever that sympathetic again. Yeah, she really isn't. I'm going to go back to the thing I said about her before, and I think that's because she isn't, for some reason, inducted into the Scooby gang. Yeah. And when there is um, a, a supernatural being outside of the Scooby gang, they tend not to be shown as sympathetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not only is she not like a part of the core Scooby gang, she is also not exactly treated like a friend in this episode. Despite the fact that when we met Amy, it was established that Willow and Xander knew her, when Xander goes up to ask for her help in this episode, he does not ask for her help. No. He literally, like, physically pulls her out of the path that she was going, corners her, and immediately blackmails her. He does not ever, ever, ever ask her for help. Right. He just informs her that she will. And I was kind of shocked by that because mm -hmm. I thought that she was at least the type of person they would say hello to on a regular basis. I was a little surprised when I looked up and saw that Marty Noxon wrote this one. But, but she, I know that I recognize the name. She's done other ones. She has done, she has done other ones, and they're usually good ones. I don't remember off the top of my head which ones they are, but she is usually associated with ones that we like. I assume it's a she because it's an I, not a Y at the end of Marty. It is. It is definitely. Yeah, I, I actually have written here, uh, no grabbing on the witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as a side note, while you're looking that up, uh, they, they call him Zand at least twice in this episode. I thought that was weird. And I don't think anyone's ever done that before, and I don't think they ever do it again. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Because Zand is not... It's mm. not a great name. No. Um, I, like... Yeah, like, when I, whenever they were in the scene, and, and uh, Xander was like, Did you hear? Did you see that? Amy did a spell to the teacher. And they talk about it for, like, a second before Xander's like, I should probably talk to her. Okay. And I'm like, why... Why you? Like, why? Like, are you a friend? And that it, it, yeah. it didn't occur to me that, like, it, it didn't, I didn't remember that Willow and Xander had been friends with her. But then, obviously, it didn't seem like that. Uh, she, Marty Noxon, is actually the parking ticket woman in Once More With Feeling. Mm hmm And... I swear that hydrant wasn't there. Yeah. There was no parking she anywhere. She did What's My Line... Both parts. Bad eggs. Oh wait, these are episodes written, directed, or acted. So she has something to do with what's my line, both parts. Bad eggs, surprise. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered, which is this episode. And then uh, later in the season, I only have eyes for you. Um, she also, other like standouts that I'm seeing on the list, she does prom. Uh, goodbye, Iowa. Buffy versus Dracula. Okay, so she's, she's got some good ones. Um, so, 
kind of what happens in this episode is Cordy is just not able to deal with the fact that she's losing her grip on the Queen Bee status. And she... Queen C. Queen C. And Ooh. she um, blames her relationship with Xander for that. Not wrongly, to yeah. be honest. Um, and she breaks up with him right after he professes his love for her and gives her a beautiful necklace. Beautiful necklace. Um, professing love is a strong way of phrasing that. Um, I feel like beautiful like, necklace also. Like, I saw that necklace and I was like, that's the puffy heart necklace. The puffy silver heart necklace that was in all of the... I remember seeing that necklace all the time when I was a kid, and the school would be doing some fundraiser, and if you sold so many candy bars or whatever, you got prizes, yeah. and the one that the girls always wanted was that damn puffy silver heart necklace. I liked it. <laughs> and Cordy liked it. Cordy which, did like it. It was it was a really telling moment. Actually, I, I really like Charisma Carpenter, and I thought she did a really fantastic job of making it clear that she did not actually want to break up with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she felt like she was doing what she had to do, but she was not happy about it. I felt like if Xander had taken a minute to get out of his own head yeah. and have a conversation with her, mm -hmm. that could have all gone very differently. Oh, yeah. But he just sort of knee-jerk react, which, in his defense, is a fair thing to do yeah. in that situation. It just made me sad. It was. It was sad. Yeah. But when he asked for the necklace back, she was wearing it. And she said, I have to go to my locker, and she goes to her locker and ducks in. To mm -hmm. take the necklace off. That was a so pretty he, amazing moment. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So okay. then he goes to Amy and wants Amy to cast a love spell. And I'm going to come back to this in a little bit. But he sp specifically says he's not wanting a love spell on Cordy to make her love him. He's wanting a love spell on Cordy so that he can break up with her. Mm -hmm. So, and that'll be important in a little while. And instead, he, or Amy rather, cast a love spell on everybody but Cordy. So. Yeah, yeah. So here's another thing about Amy that I just remembered now that I looked at my notes. Um, I think it's important to note that Amy, Amy lives alone now. Yeah, she does. Does she? Why do you say that? I mean, she, Her mom's a trophy. I mean, if she, she lives with her dad, though. Does she? Yeah, because she at the oh, end yeah, of the yeah. witch, she was talking about oh, that's right, spending that's time right, that's with right. dad. Okay, so that's right. But in this episode, they kind of act like they don't remember what happened to her mom. Yeah. Which I find weird because they just, not that long ago, did the bit with Oz looking at the cheerleading trophy. Yeah, right. So, I don't know, I thought that was weird. Alright. Um, are we ready to talk about some of the things in the first half of the episode? Yeah. Um, so, holy shit, this episode starts out with Xander being a fucking asshole. <laughs> um, first step, first thing that happens in the episode is Buffy and Xander are talking, and uh, somebody makes a, somebody like brings up the fact that Cordelia and Xander may not be right for each other, and Xander basically admits that he's settling because the girl that he wants who is Buffy, and who he's presently saying this to, is currently unavailable. I'm not entirely sure he's not talking about Willow, because he has kind of focused on Willow since she became unavailable. No, because the next episode tells us she, he's not focusing on Willow. The following episode tells us that he's not focusing on Willow. It's been a couple of days since I saw this episode, but I, I distinctly remember him... I. I Feeling like he was talking about Buffy and Willow. Actually, no, this episode tells us that it's not about Willow, because in this episode, uh, Xander asks Buffy for a lap dance, and and then uh, Xander tells Buffy how much it would mean to him, uh, like how much her, her coming on to him means mm -hmm. to him, but he can't because she is not in her own mind. Right. There's a, there's a moment right after Xander says... The girl, or some what? What is the? Do you have the line right now? I don't have the line exactly, but it was uh, because the girl, I'm, the girl I'm interested in, or the girl I want, isn't currently available or something. Um. Yeah. So I had a dude say that to me once, when he was having marriage troubles, and he said, "Well, the girl I wanted, turned me down." And I was in that conversation, and it was very uncomfortable for yeah, me. Yeah. Like he, and he was 
he was saying it to me because I did turn him down. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the beat that happens right after Xander says that is almost identical to the beat that happened right after he said that mm -hmm. to me, where we both kind of looked at each other, acknowledged what he said, and then had to make the choice of how we were going to continue in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I made a choice different from Buffy. I said to him, that's not an okay thing to say to me. You, you It's also not an okay thing to say about your wife. Mm -hmm. You have been shitty to two people right now, and only one of them is here to hear it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a moment where I was like, oh my god, like, that, that's just bad. So I feel pretty strongly that, that Xander was talking about Buffy. Okay. Just, because of, just because of how the next few seconds went. Yeah. So, after the love spell, all the, and it happens slowly. The first, the first thing that happens after the love spell is Buffy kind of coming on low-key. I mean, it was it was a low-key coming on to Xander, and he reacted very happily to that. And then he was a total douche when Cordy came to talk to him. Or, no, Amy. Amy came to mm -hmm. talk to him, and he was kind of like, nope, nope, we're fine, leave me alone, everything's cool, everything's fine. And then Amy continued, and he realized, oh. It was when somebody else came up. Harmony? Uh, no, it wasn't Harmony. It, it was, was another, another, it was another girl. girl. It was another girl who was in that group. It was when Amy used the same words. <gasps> That's right. That yes. That's right. That's right. Buffy yeah. said, you can see somebody every day, and then all of a sudden, and then Amy said that exact same thing. And you could just see Xander go, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, so the moment right before Buffy comes on to him, before we know she's been affected by the spell, um, it was awful because Xander, like, Xander had no idea Buffy had been affected by the spell, and I don't know how that would have turned out, but like, I think it was pretty amazing of Buffy to be like, hey, let's just do something, you and me. And so Xander should have been like, yeah, okay, let's do that. And Xander instead says, how about a lap dance? I find lap dances very comforting. And I'm like, you fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I actually noticed that Xander was not awesome from, from the starting line. In this episode, he starts out incredibly ass like at Xander's worst. Yeah. And he and he hangs out there for most of the episode. Mm -hmm. It is a long time into this episode before I am like, okay, Xander, I'm okay with you right now. And it could just be that he's like one of the opening lines that he had was a thing that I have a particular issue with. Yeah. Yeah. But he did go save Cordy when the girls started turning on Cordy for hurting him. Mm -hmm. He went and saved her. Yeah. That was one thing that I did like about this episode, is I liked seeing the Xander and Cordy relationship a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. Because prior to this, we mostly just got their superficial stuff, yeah. where like Xander's talking about Buffy, or they're fighting with each other. And this time I feel like we got to see a little bit more of probably what their relationship is like most of the time. Yeah. Because neither one of them is... I take that back. Because Cordy's not stupid. Um, she's not going to be with somebody that makes her feel bad. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we had... like I liked seeing those moments where we can imagine that Xander was not always talking to her about other girls. Yeah. yeah. I think that Xander would definitely be with somebody that makes him feel bad, but I feel like Cordy would not. And then one of my favorite moments... When Drew comes on to him. I have... I want to talk about <laughs> Let's that. Let's talk about that. Okay, so Drew comes on, and she grabs Angel and throws him off yeah, of... Yeah, first she saves Xander from Angel. Uh-huh. And I feel... I want to point that out. But I also want to point out that when she starts protecting Xander from Angel, Angel backs the fuck away with his hands up in the air from mm -hmm. Drew. Mm -hmm. and I And I love that moment because I'm like holy shit, he is actually legitimately afraid of Drusilla. Mm -hmm. Angel is afraid of Drusilla. And Jay said... I don't remember what I said. And Jay said that, of course he is, because Drusilla is Angel's favorite creation. He oh, yeah. made this monster, mm -hmm. and he respects this monster because he knows exactly what she's capable of. Mm -hmm. And I just love that because I'm like, like, Angel knows that Drusilla could and would tear him the fuck apart. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I forgot I said that completely. <laughs> <laughs> he, his, his fade away was as awkward as some of Spike's fading away, though. <laughs> as he just kind of backs. And I'm just like, can't you just cut the camera? <laughs> Can you not just cut that before they look like a complete dork? Yeah, yeah, they could have, yeah. I, I enjoyed the fade away. Did you? Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. He never turns his back on her. No, I wouldn't either. Um, and then who saved, who saved Xander from Drew? Because she was, she was about to turn him. Cordelia. Cordelia. Okay. No, no, it was everybody. Oh, everybody, yeah, the whole group. The mob the, saved. The mob. Okay, okay. From which Cordelia saved him. Gotcha. And then my second favorite, of course, is Joyce coming on to him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, man. And I love, I love Cordelia singing the end. Wow, that was the best scavenger hunt ever. And then Buffy's like, Buffy's like, yeah, I guess my mom bought it. Although I really think she's repressing the fact that she came on to one of my friends. I did, and to back up Jenny, I'm going to come over and touch Jack. And she's sitting there having this conversation <laughs> with, with Giles, and she's just stroking Xander and then looking over. And then back at Giles and looking over. It just made me laugh. I did. I liked Jenny's turn because at that point we know that she's like really into Giles. And so I kind of like how long it took Jenny to be affected by the spell. Mm -hmm. And how long her focus was still on Giles. Yes. Um, I did want to talk about Jenny a little bit in this episode because I, uh, I thought it was interesting how paralleled it was the group treating her to the way that she treated Giles after the Dark Age. Mm -hmm. Like she, they, they, it's it's a very cold shoulder. I think Giles almost says, like beat for beat, what she said to him, mm -hmm. where it's like, no, we can't hang out. We we need time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I don't. I just I thought that was a very interesting and good decision. That yeah, stylistically. Good there. point. Well, I, I have more notes. <laughs> okay, good, I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of notes on problems I had with the episode. Well, I, I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into. I want to talk about Xander and what we learned from him in this, uh, and then and we can talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, I want to start with Xander did a bad thing. Okay, he did a bad bad thing. That Rufy or that Buffy even refers to as the Rufy spell. Exactly. Um, and not only did he try to take agency from Cordy, he coerced Amy. So he, he forced Amy, and he was trying to take away Cordelia's agency by the spell. And that's a really bad thing. However, he explicitly was not trying to force Cordy into sex. He explicitly was not trying to force her into a relationship. His intention was for her to feel what he felt. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying that's okay, I'm just trying to say it's not nearly as bad a thing as using a spell to coerce her into having sex with him. Um, but he turned down Buffy. I mean, the yeah. thing he has wanted from day one, he turned her down. He was like, nope, can't do this, can't do it this way. And so I got to give him mad respect for that. Especially because we already saw how excited he was when he didn't realize that's why she was coming on to him. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I really liked Buffy's speech at the end, where um, where Xander's uh, uh, moping about the fact that Willow won't talk to him, and Buffy's like, "Is there a reason she should? Like, you did a really bad thing." Mm -hmm. But I do remember that when I was throwing myself at you, you didn't take advantage of me. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, you came through for me on that one. Yeah. I also like the way that Buffy talked to him. Buffy like she was, was amazing. very matter of fact. She mm -hmm. wasn't in like she referred to the spell as the Rufy spell, but she did it in a very like, this mm -hmm. is what you did, man. It wasn't like a jab, it wasn't a dig. It would have been very easy and very understandable for Buffy to have been super shitty to Xander. Yeah. And she wasn't. And I sort of like I I really appreciate as a person who has wanted to continue to be friends with people who wanted to be more than that with me. I like that they showed Buffy maintaining her boundaries and still remaining his friend. 
Yeah, that was amazing. I will say, Cordy, I would not have reacted the way Cordy did to that. When she realizes, oh, this spell was for me, that makes her happy. Happy. And me, it would be like, oh, fuck you, dude. Nope. Nope. I made the right call. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt, too. I think that Cordy likes attention. Mm -hmm. And I think that when she realized Xander cast that spell for her, it was like, in Cordy's worldview, the most romantic thing he could have done. Mm-hmm. Because this was a thing that was meant for her, and it affected all these other people. It was it was like getting into a fist fight over her with another guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which she would be turned on by, yeah. even though other people aren't. Like yeah, Drusilla. I mean, Drusilla's turned on by Spike and Angel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that, that Cordy is a teenager in the 90s who has been raised on these particular lessons about mm-hmm. what you should want from a guy. So a guy going to any lengths to get her back in her mind is going to be highly attractive. Alright, I'll, I'll give you that. I agree that it's not healthy <laughs> and it's not the way that, that a relationship should go, but I think it's perfectly in character with Cordy. Also, that scene happened in the same cellar where they had their first kiss. That is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did everyone think about Xander's victory walk slash walk of shame through the school? I, I, I have that note Are you referring that. to the right after the breakup, or are you referring to right after the spell? And right after the spell, and all the girls are looking at him. This I, is after we know that the spells work. One, there's a black guy in that scene. Guys, <laughs> there's a black guy at Sunnydale High. What does that bring the, the total... Three? Five, three or four? Three or four? <laughs> of course, they might all be the same one. <laughs> but um, I loved the way the guys were looking at him. I mean, the girls were looking at him like, ooh, Xander, but the guys with the mixture of resentment and what the fuck? <laughs> I just loved that. I was actually, I, I don't know, this is one of the things that, uh, like, it, 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 yeah, it's fine, but like, it's, it's just... Can I buy a predicate? It just bothers me that, like, none of the guys... All of the guys looked grossed out by Xander. Mm-hmm. Like, you wanted a, you wanted one gay guy. I wanted at least one guy to be like, yeah. Like, or some guys... Like, I mean, even if you're straight, if a love spell is cast, I see no reason why they couldn't be like, man, that guy's super cool. Like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. like they don't have to just be like, I want to have sex with you. Like... Okay, know. so I'm going to make an argument in favor... This is total headcanon, and there's nothing to support this. Since Xander is straight, could we assume that the spell only affected people that Xander would be inclined to go for? Well, then why did it... Why the lunch lady? Why did it affect the lunch lady? Oh, and Joyce? Yeah, and Joyce. Um, but why did it affect... Maybe because it's not... Because obviously the spell went wrong a little bit. Like I said, this is not a great excuse. But what if it only affected people that would be the baseline most viable mm-hmm. candidates for Xander? That's a lot of that's a lot of reasoning and, and like I don't love stuff it. that the spell has to do. I don't love it. There's a lot of variables in there. I don't love it either. Um, I mean, you could also maybe make what, who did she call Aphrodite? Diana. 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 So I don't know. Maybe she's calling Diana. No, Diana's Greek. Diana's actually... <laughs> Diana's Roman. Roman. Diana's Roman, and she actually wouldn't fuck anybody. She's a virgin. Well, um, I'm... Like, she's Roman, so they're fine with multiple partners and things. I don't think that Diana would draw heterosexual Diana, lines. Diana, <laughs> Diana draws heterosexual lines in that if a man sees her naked, he kills them. She kills them. Uh, all of them. Like, no man has seen her naked. I'm gonna make this one point, though. If they had had a guy reacting, if they had had a gay guy reacting, it was the mid-90s, they would have played it for a joke. That's so sad. Yeah. That's a good question, though. Where was Larry? Good point. Not there. And Larry, what? like, I feel like Larry would have been a good one for this, because Larry and Xander already have an established um, history with Larry's sexuality. Larry legitimately thinks Xander is gay. Mm-hmm. So where was Larry in this episode? Yeah. Where are the trans people in this episode? It was the 90s. There were no <laughs> trans people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like, I, I, had, I had a small issue with that, but 
but I, I love the victory walk. I thought the music was great. Um, mm -hmm. It was a great scene, but I just kept asking myself, why are all the guys grossed out? Like, mm -hmm. It, like, anti-love spelled them. You know, th though, I hear what you're saying. I don't think they were grossed out. I think they were, what the fucking. There were some people who were making a uh, face. Well, I yeah, think they, they were making were... that face because they're like, What's he wearing? That's not cooler than what I'm wearing. Look at his hair. Also, my girlfriend is staring at him. Yeah. So, that's the way I took it. Okay. But I, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I think Larry should have been in this episode. Cool. Um, I have a note. I love the hallway walk because it was so uncomfortable. Like, he could feel everybody looking at him. And I felt like a lot of this episode was a bit about... Um, looking at what it's sort of like to live life as a girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I, I very much enjoyed that episode because I have felt like that the hallway walk scene looked. I loved, I loved the progression from, oh, Xander, let's go on a date, to, um, you know, the competitiveness, the wanting to beat up Cordy for having hurt Xander, to the, if I can't have you, no one can. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a, there was this progression to just pure craziness mm -hmm. that really kind of demonstrated what a totally bad idea this was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Well, and Giles immediately was like, what did you do? And just, like, all respect that he may have had for Xander was gone. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, he said, just go, get out of my sight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah which, Giles was not having it. Which, I mean, Giles was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Giles was right, and I just, I loved how angry he was at Xander. Like, like this is, like, I, I, I could almost, like, I, I'm surprised that Giles didn't say, you should have known better. Like, this is basic level one stuff that mm -hmm. happens in every form like every piece of media that has magic and teenagers why did you make this mistake yeah mm. you cannot can't complain about people who break up with other people on the day of some extremely significant event like oh i don't know say prom or homecoming or you can but i'm going to argue with you <laughs> valentine's day my high school boyfriend dumped me up about two weeks before prom, to fuck my senior him. prom, and yeah, I, I ended up not going to my senior prom because yeah, fuck him for ruining your life. <laughs> I broke up with my boyfriend a week before Valentine's Day. Fuck you too. <laughs> because I realized that Valentine's Day was coming, and he was going to buy me something, and he was gonna want to go on a date, and there was gonna like there was gonna be food, and then there was gonna be an expectation of sex, and there was gonna be all of this stuff, and I was like, I can just make this not happen. It's, it's hard, I know you're going for a point, I'm sorry, yeah. um, because as I just bitched about my boyfriend breaking up with me right before prom, my husband told me he wanted a divorce about two weeks after Valentine's Day, and it actually turned every emotion I had, he had given me a really nice Valentine's Day, it was a basket with like some pajamas and a candle, you know, the really girly thing. And it just really turned everything, every thought I had about, I mean, even the fucking basket. I, I couldn't look at the basket. So uh, it's, it's just really hard around any significant holiday. And as a person who has done the breaking up on that day, I will say that a lot of times, like, I didn't entirely realize how sort of done I was until we were coming up on this holiday and he was all like, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I was like, fuck. That's the problem. Like, so this is, I, I don't, like, we can cut this <laughs> if, if it becomes a problem. But, like, it's that, like, it, it's the fact that the holiday makes you remember, makes you think about the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I get why people do it. They do it on Valentine's Day. They do it right before the prom. They do it right before an event. Because they think, they think about the relationship in the context of this, of the event. And then they're like... Oh, yeah, I didn't. I don't want this relationship anymore, because they haven't taken the time to think about the relationship beforehand. Mm -hmm. Like they should have broken up with them months before, probably years before, but they didn't. And so, they, because they didn't think about it until the day before Valentine's Day, they or the, our Valentine's Day, they do it on Valentine's Day, 
and sour the holiday. And it's just like, it's just like, okay, you already didn't think about it before now. Like, stick it out for a little longer. No. Make the day a good day and then quit. But then you make the day a good day and then the person feels lied to. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, like, let's say we're coming up on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve and all of a sudden I go, man, I don't want to kiss this person at midnight on Valentine's Day, on New Year's Day. I don't know why I can't talk all of a sudden. What do you do? What what do you do? If you don't want to kiss them, your relationship has already gone down really, really Mm -hmm. far. Well, but here's Um, the It's not, no, like, I don't think that's true. Because the thing is, is that it's not, that the kiss at midnight on New Year's Day is not just a kiss. That's like a, you're kissing them on New Year's Day and you are, that is an event, a big important event. And you're sort of signaling to them, yes, I acknowledge I'm with you on this big event and I am kissing you because I want to be with you. That's what that kiss says. Valentine's Day is, I'm going to let you buy all of this stuff for me and spend all of this money on me and then maybe have sex with you afterwards. And like, I have realized that I don't want to do this. But you have to do the same things. Like you have to buy all these gifts for the person if you want to break up. And I them. don't want to do that. Okay, well that's just. Well, it's, but it's not just me. It is also them. Do I like? Why would I? Why should I let them spend this money and this time yeah. on me and then give them the thing that they expect in return? Okay, well you were, you... you were gonna say if I don't want to kiss them on midnight, then the relationship. Should have been over long before then, and it's sad that you just figured it out now. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like you should have been thinking about it before then, and you should have figured it I, out before. So then. the fault I, is that I wasn't putting enough thought into the relationship prior to that. That's 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 where I want to go with it. That seems really unfair. <laughs> that seems does seem really unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, Personally, I'm the kind of person that if if my basic needs are getting met, I actually don't think about. So that's how I ended up in a five-year relationship with a person that I don't know if I ever actually loved. Because, eh, you know, I'm getting sex, and it's okay sex, and I'm, I'm getting fed, and I'm getting cuddled, and he more or less takes care of me when I'm sick. Eh, eh. And it was, it was when we were approaching a point when engagement might be a thing that got discussed that I was like, oh, no. This is, no, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. But, I mean, man, I, I skated through five years because the relationship was, okay, it, was, it wasn't it was bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is I think, like, you should be thinking about your relationship on those days. That's what those days are for. That's why they're special days. Like, that's, it's like a check-in point. Your anniversary, New Year's, Valentine's Day, birthdays. Like, these are all, like, this is why people break up on these days, because they're, like, you, I feel like people need a reason, or need to be reminded to think about this stuff. Well, like, I mean, it's, it's fair, like, it's just, it's a, it's justifiable, but it's a justifiable cruelty, IMO. Like, uh, like, 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 because, because it causes, it's not just about the person, it's also about the person, and, like, the social environment, like prom, like now you didn't get to experience this wonderful rite of passage because this happened to you. Yeah, I, I almost didn't either. Thank God I had like a female friend who was willing to go mm-hmm. with me. You guys know that you can buy single tickets, right? Yeah, but, but I didn't want to. That's awful. No. I mean, I, was, I went stag to junior prom and that was a fine memory. But, you know, I, I had built up this whole I'm going to have a date to my senior prom thing, I'm going to have this wonderful memory, I'm going to have a cool picture, blah, 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 and then I realized I wasn't going to have those things, and I just didn't want to go. If the... I, I understand, but I also feel like there's a lot of, a lot of pressure, like, I don't know, I feel like it is incredibly unfair for you to call this a cruelty. I just think there's no good answer, really. I mean, okay, so... Because is it more cruel to break up with you before then, or to subject myself to going through the date and again there are expectations attached to a date and gifts okay you didn't like so the thought is here's the thing one you obviously don't like the relationship like obviously it's bad enough that you want to get out um why didn't you get out with enough time to give me a chance 
to resolve the scenario. Like, maybe why didn't you know him... that the relationship was bad? Because why I didn't it... know it was bad. Like, but no, here's the thing: if you're saying that I need to be thinking about it more and realize earlier that this is a bad relationship, why aren't you thinking about it more and realizing that I'm not happy? Because I'm not the one breaking up. I'm not the one who realizes there's a problem. You realize. But two people are in a relationship, and it's really unfair to put the pressure of all of this on one person. On the one who's breaking up, who's doing yeah. breaking up, because the one who's breaking up is the one who's falling back on a commitment. So like, okay, this is a, this, we're talking about an event, like an event like like the Valentine's Day party that they went to or prom. Like this is stuff that you plan for. This is stuff that you're 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 gear up for, and and then there's like a social a social cost and and benefit to it. Um, if you, if you say if to a person, I'm going to go with you, and then the day before, or like even the week before the event, sometimes is not enough time, you say, I can't go with you anymore, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter if you're not breaking up, say, say your dog got sick or something, I don't know, like something happened that like made it so that you couldn't go to prom with this person, like, you're fucking up that person's like, Thing. Like, if you're not okay, like, you wouldn't, if Maddox was sick, you would go do the thing rather than be with Maddox. No, that was a bad example. That <laughs> was, a, was a bad example, but your point, but your point, my, I, my, I think it's, my point is, my point is, if it's, if it's an event, like, if it's an event and it's going to have social cost, you already were fine, just fine with the relationship for this long, just be fine with it for another week. Mm -mm. I'm going to repeat what I said before. Um... There is a there is an expectation attached to dates and gifts, especially around holidays, and that expectation may be different for men than it is women. I might be working with different math right here than you are. I like I cannot go through that date because it is not just just go with, just go to dinner and just accept the gift. It is just go to dinner and just accept the gift and then deal with the fallout if you say no after. Because why would you say no if you were in this relationship? There is a whole thing that happens with this date. Can I, can I offer this compromise? Mm -hmm. If you are in a committed relationship and you're coming up on a significant moment, can we agree that you should choose to break up in a way that's going to cause least pain? I mean, I think that's what people yeah, that'd try be nice. to do. Yeah. That, and like and I if don't... maybe if maybe you're going to your sister's wedding as a for instance, you don't break up with your boyfriend in a way that's going to that may be a bad example. At any rate, I don't no. think that there is a way to break up without pain, and I don't think that there's pain. I don't think that there is a least pain thing here because everybody has different different levels. I broke up with my boyfriend via a note using "Don't speak" lyrics by No Doubt. <laughs> Um, he, as far as I, like, for years, could not listen to that song. Um, yeah. And I just don't think that there is a good way, because no matter how you do it, people are going to say, can you believe they did this to me? As a person who's been broken up with a few times, I'm going to say there are some fantastic ways to break up. Like, some people have done really good jobs. For you. Uh, for me, yeah. Some people have done really good jobs at, like, making me feel loved and comforted, even though I was being broken up with. I have broken up with every person I have ever broken up with. Yeah. And I have done it many different ways. I've done it with notes, with song lyrics. I've done it just like, I don't think this is going to work, man. I have done it with a, well, listen, I said nothing serious, and now you're talking about me breaking your heart. I've done it multiple mm -hmm. ways, and no way seemed any particularly better than any other. You seem particularly bad at it. I'm going to say... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to suggest... Sorry, but you're kind of bad. I'm going to suggest we move off this topic. Okay. I don't think we're going to come to a resolution, and that's not what this episode's about. <laughs> um, Angel and eyeliner. Can we talk about Angel's eyeliner? We can. Because he looks really, really good in eyeliner. Yes, he does. <laughs> and I'm a fan of evil vampire boys wearing eyeliner. That, that's really all right there. Okay. He's a good-looking man. Um, how did Buffy make it to school in that satin robe? Oh, <laughs> with no clothes underneath. Wasn't that a satin trench coat? It was apparently a raincoat, is what Sandra calls it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a trench coat. Um, there are raincoats that are cut in a similar fashion, so I could see her making it there, with people believing that it was a raincoat. 
And that it had stuff underneath. Yeah, and that she was wearing actual clothes underneath. I mean, can we talk about the skirt? She, I think it was this episode where this, there's a slit in the skirt almost up to her hip. So she could easily fit her normal wardrobe underneath that. It's true. Um, so the other thing is, um, so everyone keeps walking right into the library, which has a lock, and Xander barricaded poorly with the card catalog. Barricade's a strong term in this case. Um, so apparently the door opens out, which was funny in this episode because Buffy walks in and Xander walks, and everyone just walks into the mm -hmm. library. It's just, it's just hilarious because the door goes out. Mm -hmm. And they just walk around the card catalog. But I distinctly remember when vampires were trying to break into this uh, library in the, in the season finale of season one, mm -hmm. they were pushing on that door, and so were the Scoobies from the other side, and they were keeping that door closed. So Maybe it's a door that opens whatever direction is most convenient. That's what I was thinking too, but... Then why didn't the vampires pull? Like, most, are the vampires so dumb that they just push? The most, vampires are sometimes zombies. Most convenient to the humor of the story gotcha, okay. was where that sentence was going. Oh, okay. Well, then that's fine. Um, totally acceptable. <laughs> no, but it was just funny because it, like, it was like, okay, so in season one finale, all of them should be dead if one vampire had figured out, hey, we're pushed on this door, guys. Let's try pulling on the door. <laughs> And then just all the guys, would, all, all the people just would have fallen out. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple lines I want to draw attention to. Okay. Um, you do know I'm Xander, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that made me giggle for a while. And I feel like that was sort of the turning point for me when Xander started becoming sympathetic in this episode again. Mm -hmm. um, also, when Xander has, is in his room and Willow is there, and he says, I don't want to use force. And she kind of grins at him and says, force is okay. I love it. I feel like that is, like, that should be a throwaway humor line. Mm -hmm. But we definitely see that mm -hmm. when we get to Dark Willow. There's a little bit of Dark... There's or a little and bit of... Doppelganglined Willow. Mm -hmm. yeah, we know Willow has kink in her. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then it got me thinking about later on, you know, her and Tara, I think, have a very sweet, loving relationship. Yes. But suddenly, Kennedy makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, cats. The cat that chases Buffy. So yes, yes. I completely forgot the rat Buffy. The cat that chases Buffy when she, Buffy's a rat mm -hmm. is so fucking loud. Like that is the loudest cat. Like I, I have a cat, and my cat like is never more silent than when. He's hunting. Mm -hmm. Like, but this cat, this cat hunts by. Okay, I have three cats, and at least two of them hunt that way because part of them is like, I'm a house cat. I've lived inside my whole life. What do I do? Oh no. <laughs> this is not a house cat though. This was a stray cat who lived in the basement. I'm, and you think you'd be better think at hunting? That was Amy's mom's cat. You think so? Yeah, because it was a black cat. Ooh, and and yeah. it, it ran away, and maybe it came to live in the basement. And maybe oh. he, maybe that cat is meowing because that cat knows that this is not a natural rat. Yeah. Head mm. cannon accepted. Okay. Okay, I accept this head cannon. Uh, yeah, I thought it was hilarious when Cordy just kicks Joyce out of her own house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, things I love about Cordy, I love how sure of herself she is. Like, Cordy is not generally afraid to take up space. Mm -hmm. Like, she was a bit in this episode. We see the worst of her with Xander sometimes when she gets really insecure about things. Mm -hmm. But then later on in this episode, we see Cordy get back to who... Like Xander says, like getting back to... Or like she says, like, I'm not a sheep. Oh my god, we see the worst of Cordelia in relationships. We do, because yeah. she gets needy and insecure. Yeah. But when she's not in a relationship, she is so sure of herself and confident. She has no problems telling people what they need or what she needs. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Like, she is just... And I love that she's just like, No, Joyce, you gotta get out of your own house. We're dealing with stuff here. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just... I love... I love Cordelia. I loved her speech to her friends at the end. Yeah. Oh, that was that amazing. Was, that was an amazing speech. Mm-hmm. 
her anxiety over it was endearing too. Yes. <laughs> like she was like, oh god, what did I do? But like that moment, she was just so like in command, and her mm -hmm. presence was was like palpable. And then she like mm -hmm. walks away and holds Xander's arm and is like, oh my god. Well, and I I also really like that they showed us the moment where she decides to say that. Mm -hmm. Like Harmony is a bitch to Xander. And then she continues talking, and the camera's focused on Cordelia, and we see Cordelia's face as she goes, Harmony, shut up! Mm -hmm. And, like, I really like, I like the intention of that shot, because it sort mm -hmm. of shows me, like, you get to decide what you're going to be. Mm -hmm. Like, you, this isn't a thing that just came out of Cordelia's mouth with no forethought. She didn't just, like, say it and regret it later. She thought about it. She took a moment decided, mm -hmm. yeah, this is the thing I'm going to fight for. And then she did it. And so I like, I, I like the intention of all of that because I feel like, I feel like that's a moment where like particularly women can really be like, no, okay, I can decide to be, mm -hmm. I can decide to be Cordelia today. Yeah. Um, when Xander falls one story and Angel when Angelus throws him off the roof, yeah, I was like, that was a that was a bad fall, and mm -hmm. it looked like he it looked like he should be dead. I was expecting broken bones. Yeah, but he's just he's fine. Yeah, yeah Xander's made of rubber apparently. Yeah. Um, Oz. No, no. Uh, wait, no head cannon to explain that. No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I did. I did love Oz. I love Oz. I just love every time something weird happens. Oz is just like, okay. Well, Except was... for him running in and hitting Xander. The, the, I, I, I actually, I liked him, I liked that a lot, yeah. because what I love about that is, like, it's not actually jealousy. No. Like, he's not hitting Xander because Willow is going after Xander, he's hitting Xander because Xander hurt Willow. Willow yeah. cried all night. Yeah, about, and, like, it doesn't, like, like, the jealousy of his girlfriend, want, like, clearly wanting Xander does not even seem to enter into Oz's head. Mm -hmm. He's just angry that the girl he loves has been hurt. And I, I love that. And I yeah. love how honest he is. He's like, I come in, I hit you, here's why I hit you, and by the way, that hurt my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I've done that, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And we can get on with, oh, we need to go find this rat? Okay, cool. Let's go find this rat. Well, I just, I love like how chill he reacts to everything. Like He's like, alright, I'm looking for Buffy the Rat. Buffy! Buffy! <laughs> and then when Buffy appears and she's naked... I seem to have a case of nudity. Yeah. And he's like, yep, you do. Um, I'm looking everywhere but at you. Yes, I'll go get clothes. And I sort of wanted to be like, Oz, oh, you're wearing like two shirts. Just give her a shirt. On the other hand, he's... He's, he's, he's tiny. He's tiny. I'm not sure that his shirt would cover her. She's yeah. tiny too, though. That's true. I was oh. actually thinking about that a lot in this episode because... Uh, Charisma Carpenter originally auditioned for Buffy, mm -hmm. and Buffy originally auditioned for Cordelia. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about how different that would be, because Charisma Carpenter is tall, right? She's an Amazon. Like, she looks yeah. really tall. And I was just like I, f like, I feel like it would have been very different, because Buffy, Sarah Michelle Gellar, is very small. And it's, it's a different, it's a totally different aesthetic mm -hmm. with her beating up people than it would be with Charisma Carpenter. Mm -hmm. Because Charisma Carpenter... Kind of looks like she should be doing that. Like, yeah, I could see Charisma Carpenter playing Wonder Woman pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Ten years younger, I would have thought she should. Yeah. What else oh, do we oh, have? Xander's bedroom. Um, Xander's bedroom is way too nice for what we've been led to believe. Mm -hmm. Like, it is full of stuff, and it is just gorgeous, and has all these toys, and mm -hmm. it's just buoyed out. It's like somebody, somebody was like, somebody got a note that said "boys' room." And they just went all out. They just bought all the things. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they could have done a better job on Xander's bedroom. Yeah, I mean, it basically it basically looked like, and it might be the, the same set, uh, Willow's bedroom, but with different things. Mm -hmm. it. it might have been the same set. You know, in general, I feel like the bedrooms could be better mm -hmm. now that I'm thinking about it. Like... They could have just done a better set design on all of the bedrooms, mm -hmm. even Buffy's. Even Buffy's? Because they all feel a little bit... Generic? Like an adult designed them. Oh, um, yeah. Like, when I think about my bedroom, I had, I like almost literally had wallpapered my mm -hmm. walls with posters. They were 
thousands of push pins in my room. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and there's no posters on Buffy's walls. There's no posters on Willow's walls either, or Xander's. And that seems weird to me. Like, they should, they should like things. Xander should have, like, a Nirvana poster or something, you know? Hmm. All right. What else do we have? Anything? Uh, there... <laughs> Willow has an axe. There is another witch with an axe. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, she's not a witch yet. Right. But... The, the witches love their fire axes. They're <laughs> the weapon of choice of witches in Sunnydale. That's true. Okay, so in the end... Xander and Cordy are officially together and are acting rather happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yay! Do you have a Mr. Pointy rating for us? I, this episode had a few issues. It needed a lot of headcan, so that drops it down to a four. But I don't know, like... It wasn't, I, it wasn't, I wasn't feeling some stuff, but some stuff was really, really cool. Like, I really liked a lot of aspects of the... I think it gets a three. I can I can agree with that. It was a very entertaining episode, but it had issues. Yeah, three out of five, Mr. Ponies. I've got some thank yous before we go. I have a thank you. Thank you to Risework for the use of his song, We Are the Dead, You Are the Living. I love that song. Every time that our podcast starts and I hear that, I like it a little bit more. Okay, I would really like y'all to go visit uh, iTunes or Google Play or whatever you use and give us a rating uh, that really helps us out. It lets us move up. It helps new people find us. Even uh, if you don't love us, just rate us. Yeah. And write us a review. Um, if it's a good review, it makes us feel happy. And if it's a if it's a more critical review, then, hell, we learn from it. Um, and consider tweeting about us or telling a friend about us. Uh, just, just help some podcasters out, guys. Uh, you can interact with us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we are once more W Buffy on both of those platforms, and we would love to hear from you. We'd love to talk to you. Um, tell tell us what you think about breaking up. Uh, we're on Tumblr as Snarkcasts. Our friend Z does a fantastic job with our Tumblr account. And finally, I want to suggest y'all go visit us on the Gumby Cat Networks. You can find our sister podcasts, Collective Snark and Beyond the Cabin in the Woods there. Um, you can find a lot of other really interesting podcasts. There's some about games and art, uh, books, TV, film. You might take a look at Phantom of the Podcast. If you're into Phantom of the Opera, uh, Phantom of the Podcast discusses any and all um, incarnations of Phantom of the Opera. And it's, uh, it's really interesting. And I think that is it for me. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.